Well, good morning to you. It's good to see you today. If you have a Bible, please turn to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 10. We will start reading here in a few seconds in verse 13. Mark 10, 13. We'll be looking at quite a few verses uh, once again here this morning. And after the first couple of verses, we will put the rest on the screen up here. And you're welcome uh, to look up uh, after these first couple up on the screen here if that's more convenient for you. Or you can just try to turn in your Bible to all the different verses. We'll start here in Mark 13, uh, reading verses 13 to 16. A couple weeks ago now, I started a sermon series on the topic of prayer. Uh, Prayer is absolutely critical for the health of believers, for those who trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Prayer is absolutely critical for the health of local churches like this. God really does want his people to pray. And believers who do pray will just naturally be more filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those who pray will just have more of the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, more of the guidance of the Holy Spirit, more boldness, more, more comfort, more encouragement from the Spirit. Believers who pray will just naturally bear more fruits of the Spirit in their lives in all that they do. And on the flip side, believers who don't pray will just naturally be weaker believers. If you are a believer trusting in Christ today and you really don't pray all that much, you really are living out your Christian existence in a state of weakness, no matter how you feel. How you feel. If you are not a praying believer, you, you will just not be filled as much with the, the, the Holy Spirit, with, with the power of the Spirit, not as much guidance of the Spirit in your life. You'll have more fear, you'll have more doubt, you'll have more unbelief, you won't have as much boldness in your life. Prayer is just critical for the health of believers and for local churches, so we are pausing here in what we normally do. We normally work through books of the Bible, and we are now spending some time just thinking about prayer. We started last week thinking about praying like a child as a believer, and we're going to continue with that this morning, praying like a child part two, and I do want to pray as we get started here. Well, Father, we just look to you now in the name of Jesus, our great Savior. We do believe, Father, that Jesus Christ has opened up for us a new and living way into the holy place through his own blood, through the curtain that is his own flesh on the cross. Jesus opened up access into your presence. And Father, we know that because of what Jesus has done, your word tells us, let us now draw near. Let us draw near it with, a, with, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So Father, I just ask now in these moments as we look at these different scriptures, I ask Father that you'd enable us 
in and through Jesus Christ to draw near. To draw near again into your presence. Father, that we might hear your voice this morning. Almighty God, that we might uh, sense your presence in, in us and around us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, let us draw near this morning with confidence, Lord. Let us not be held back by sin in our life, Father, that's atoned for at the cross. Let us not be held back by fear that you're a, uh, just a wrathful God and not a loving God. For the scriptures tell us you're a loving Father to those who trust in Christ. So Father, let us draw near with full assurance, Lord, in confidence. Help us. Lord, we just acknowledge that we are weak. Father, I just acknowledge that I'm a weak person. I've put some thoughts down here. But Father, it truly is just five loaves and two fish. It can do, do nothing, Lord God. Nothing at all unless you, Jesus, take it in your hands and break it and bless it. So we just look to you now, Lord Jesus Christ, and ask you, our great high priest, to do it. Will you take this in your hands and break it and bless it? And Father, may we be changed Lord God, may we be changed. May we never plateau here in this church family. May we never plateau as believers and say, I've arrived, that's it. I'll I'll never grow anymore. Lord God, I pray we'll never get there because there's always more for us in Christ. There's always more of the Holy Spirit for us. There's always more in the Christian life for us. So Father, give us faith to believe that. And Father, will you do a work to stir us up this morning, we pray. And we do thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before we read here, let me say this. It is so important that as believers, as people who follow Christ, it is so important that we learn how to pray like children. On several different occasions in the Bible, Jesus tells us that as his followers, we must become like little children. As his followers, we must become more childlike in our hearts and our minds, more childlike in our spirits. And you can see it here in a couple verses, Jesus just calling us to this childlikeness in our lives. If you look at Mark 10, 13, Mark says, and they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. It was most likely parents bringing their children to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and, and, and bless them. And, and if you see here, Mark says that the disciples rebuked these people, uh, most, likely, most likely thinking that Jesus had more important things to do than to mess with little children. But verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on on them. So, so the kingdom of God, according to Jesus Christ, it belongs to people such as children, or, or it belongs to people who are like children. The, the only way you, you can receive the kingdom of God, the only way you can enter into the kingdom of God is by becoming like a little 
child. And if you do not become like a little child in your heart and mind, according to Jesus, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. It does not matter how many church services you attend. It does not matter if you are baptized as a child. It doesn't matter what you do. If you do not become like a little child in your life, according to Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You are shut out from the kingdom of God without a child likeness. You must become like a child. Now turn over to Matthew 18, if you will. Matthew 18, verse 1. Just continuing to think here about the importance of childlikeness in our lives. And we'll then connect that to prayer. The importance of being a child in prayer. Just thinking now about the importance of childlikeness in our lives. Matthew 18.1. This is Jesus again here. Uh, Matthew says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, Jesus put the child in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So once again, we see the same type of language there from Jesus. Verse 3, unless you turn and become like a child. Some translations say, unless you are converted or unless you change and become like a little child, you will never, Jesus says, enter the kingdom. And verse 4 then, out of all of the people who are in the kingdom of heaven, the person who is the greatest out of all of them, according to Jesus, is the one who humbles himself the most like a child. And man, we could look at lots of other verses that say the same type of thing, but, but I think you can see there from just those two verses that when it comes to the things of God, when, when it comes to, to receiving and to living in the kingdom of God as a believer, it is imperative that you become like a child in order to enter the kingdom in the first place and then in order to move toward greatness in the kingdom of God, you must become more childlike in your heart and in in your mind, in your spirit. You must become more like a little child. You know, you think about that and all those words of Jesus. You realize that Jesus basically wants you to grow backwards in this life. He wants you to grow younger in some way. Now, one of my girls, when, when she was very young, she was maybe two or three, she came up to me one morning and she said, Daddy, when you grow littler, will you look like me? 
<laughs> really incredibly cute. I mean, why would she assume that you go from little to big? I mean, she thought you go from big to little, and I needed to go in that direction. Well, you look like me when you're little. And man, that's the way Jesus wants you to grow in this life. He wants you to grow backwards. He wants you to grow Younger, become like a child. And man, what does that mean exactly to become like a child? It's so easy to read those verses and skim right over those. What does it mean to become like a child? I think it simply means that, that over time you have more and more of the characteristics or the attributes of a child in your life. Just, just think of some of the attributes of a little child. A little child for starters is just really, really simple. Uh, my three-year-old daughter, Sophia, uh, she at this point is still pretty simple in her life. She, she just doesn't have a ton of complex schemes that she's trying to work out for herself in this life. She, she doesn't have a lot of complicated concerns in this life. If she can eat, if she can sleep, if she can play, she's happy. She's just a very, very simple little creature, and I think Jesus probably wants us to become more simple, like a child. And a little child is also pretty humble. Now, every child, every person is ultimately proud. We all are in our hearts. It's part of our sin problem. But little children is not, are not as overtly proud as older people. Little children are, are relatively, relatively humble. Sophia, she, she doesn't do a ton of proud boasting in her little life right now, just flaunting her abilities in your face. If you go find her in the nursery now, she's probably not looking down her nose the other little toddlers in there, I'm better than you are. They're not like that, toddlers. They're, They're basically pretty humble, and I think Jesus wants us to be more humble like a child. And 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 a little child is 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 also pretty honest. You know, my little daughter Sophia, she she doesn't put on a lot of pretenses in her life. She doesn't hypocritically try to act like someone other than she is. She's just who she is. If she's mad, she's mad. If she's happy, she's happy. She's just who she is. She just comes to me messy when she's messy. Snot on her face, cream cheese all over her body. Here I am, Dad. This is me. She's very, very honest. And I think Jesus wants us to become more honest, like little children. And you think about it, a little child is also pretty trusting. You know, a little child just, just believes, for the most part, believes what you tell her. You know, if one of our extended family member says to Sophia, hey, I'm going to have you over for a sleepover pretty soon. Well, Sophia will march upstairs, get her backpack, pack it, lay it in the hall, sit on the stairs and wait (laughs) for days if she could. She just believes. She's so trusting. She believes what you say to her. And she also just trusts that her parents will provide for her. You know, Sophia doesn't wake up all concerned about where her next meal is coming. No, she knows it's coming. She doesn't, she's not concerned about her clothes. She knows she'll be dressed. She's not concerned about a roof over her head. She knows 
that her parents will provide those things for her. She's trusting. And I think Jesus wants us to be more trusting like a child. And you know what? A child, a child is also very weak. Very, very weak. Sophia, she's not yet strong physically. She's not yet strong mentally. And she's okay with that. <laughs> she, she just leans on other people for help. She leans on, on other people for strength. Daddy, can you get me some water? Uh, mommy, will you button my coat? Mommy, will you wipe me? <laughs> just, just, just weak and leaning on other people for, for strength. And I think Jesus wants us to be more weak. Or, I think Jesus just probably wants us to recognize that we already are very, very weak and begin to lean on Him and on others for strength. And man, that, that, that's a child. A child is simple, humble, honest, trusting, very, very weak. And Jesus says to all of us, in order to enter the kingdom of God. And in order then to become great in the kingdom of God, you must become like a child. You must become like a child. You must grow backwards in some sense. Grow younger in your heart and your mind. Grow younger in, in, in your spirit. Grow more simple in your life. More, more humble, more honest, more, more trusting. Weaker like child. Man, you must become like a child in order to enter the kingdom of God, in order to be saved initially. And Jesus lived, died, and, and, and rose again in order that you might be forgiven of all of your sin and saved from an eternal hell. But how do you receive that salvation from Jesus Christ? You become like a child. Simple. Humble, honest, trusting, weak. A simple, honest confession of your sin to God. This is who I am. This is who I am. You come to Jesus' message just as you are. You acknowledge your weakness, your, your inability to, to, to save yourself. You, 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 you have a simple childlike cry to, to Jesus for, for mercy. A simple childlike trust in Jesus, clinging to Jesus, and following Jesus in, in, in faith. You become like a child, and the second you do that in your life, you enter the kingdom of God. That's how you're saved. Initially, you become like a child. You're not saved because you go to services. Or just because you were baptized or anything like that. You're saved when you become a child and receive salvation from Jesus like a child. You're not saved because you, like some strong adult, do great things. You're saved because you, like a little child, receive salvation from Jesus. Man. That's how you enter the kingdom of God, becoming like a little child. And once you're in the kingdom of God, you just become more like a child. Because becoming like a child is not just important for initial salvation. No, becoming like a child is important for ongoing sanctification. 
That's how you grow as a Christian. That's how you mature as a believer. You become more and more childlike in your life. That, that's the direction of the people of God. Moving more and more from adult-likeness toward child-likeness. That's the direction of the people of God. You become like a child more and more over time. Listen, do you, do, do, do you realize that that's what maturity is as a Christian? You are becoming more and more like a child. That's what maturity is as a Christian. I think we have a tendency to judge maturity in the church in ways that are not biblical. We will judge you as mature just if you know a lot. You know a lot, you're mature. We'll judge you as mature just because you've been around the church a long time. Wow, that long around the church, you're mature. But Jesus doesn't necessarily look at knowledge. He doesn't necessarily look at longevity and say, you're mature. Jesus looks at your heart, and when he sees childlikeness in you, he says, you are mature. You know, if somebody were to ask you this morning when you walked in, who's the most mature Christian on the planet? You might have been tempted to think of some well-known preacher or or some well-known writer. That person is a mature believer. And I would say maybe, maybe not. Because you can be a very, very good preacher. You can be a very good writer and not be childlike in your heart. And if you're not childlike in your heart, it doesn't matter how good your sermons or books are, you are not mature in the eyes of God. You know who the most mature Christian on the planet is right now? It's probably not a well-known preacher or, 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 or writer. You know what it is? It's probably an old lady in India lying crippled on her bed right now, able to do almost nothing in her life, Nobody singing her praise, nobody recognizing her. If she, if she, she were rolled in on a, on a cot here in this room, half, the, half of us would, would walk around her. And yet God would look at her and say, mature. Why? Childlike. She's simple. She's, she's humble. She's honest. She's trusting. She recognizes that she's weak and she can do nothing apart from God. And God looks at her heart and says, maturity, maturity, maturity. Maturity in the kingdom of God is childlikeness. That's what it is. Man, Christianity is the great reversal. Listen, you don't go that way to be great. Becoming strong and smart and savvy and independent, that's the world's idea of greatness. No, greatness in the eyes of God, you go that way. The opposite direction, becoming weak and simple and humble and dependent. That's greatness in the eyes of God. So important in this life if you want to enter the kingdom and then become great in the kingdom to become more like a child in your life. That's, that's it. That's not easy for us as human beings to do. We don't naturally go that way. No way. Everything in your life right now is, is, is coming at you 24-7, telling you to be more adult-like in your heart, mind, and spirit. Be more, depend, more independent in your life. Be smarter. Be savvier. More power. More strength in your life. And God comes in and says, go that way. Do you realize that is swimming upstream when it comes to our culture? The opposite direction. 
of the way our world operates. Go the other way. Become more and more like a child. Man, you can't do that on your own. You need a Holy Spirit conversion to go that way. I think that's why Jesus said, unless you turn or unless you are converted and become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You need a Holy Spirit conversion to become like a child. Holy Spirit moves on you. The Holy Spirit takes away your heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh. The Holy Spirit begins to pull you in the opposite direction. Holy Spirit's the only one who can do that in your heart and mind. Amen. When it comes to prayer, let's just connect this with prayer now. The importance of childlikeness and the importance of childlikeness in prayer. When it comes to prayer as a believer, prayer as a Christian, it is so important that you become like a child. That you learn to pray like a child. That you learn to pray like a child to your heavenly Father. Man, We looked last week just at the first word of the Lord's Prayer when Jesus taught his original disciples to pray in Luke 11. He said to his disciples, say, Father. And Jesus is teaching you there, pray like a child to your heavenly Father. And if you're a believer here this morning, you do have a heavenly Father. The God of this universe loves you. And gave his son to die for you. He is your father. He loves you perfectly. He loves you infinitely. He will always love you. And, and, and Jesus now wants you to recognize that. Wants you to begin to cultivate that childlikeness. Even in your prayers. Say father when you pray. Praying like a child. Praying like a child. We began last week to think about what it means to pray like a child. We looked last Sunday at two characteristics of a little child that are important when you pray. We looked last week at the talk of a child in prayer. We also looked at the honesty of a child in prayer. And we're now going to think here about two more characteristics of a child that are important when it comes to prayer. If you should pray like a child as a believer, if you should become more childlike in your prayers, what does that mean exactly? I think it means you use the talk of a child, you pray with the honesty of a child, and the third characteristic of a child that I believe is massively important when it comes to prayer is the helplessness of a child. The helplessness of a child. I want you to think for just a couple seconds here about a little child, an infant, or, or maybe a, a very young toddler. You know, a little child is the very picture of helplessness, especially a young infant. A little infant can do nothing for himself or herself, can't feed himself. Can't clean himself, can't wipe himself, can't move himself. That is the picture of helplessness. Little child can do nothing. If you think about animals, little newborn animals, a lot of little newborn animals can do lots of things. 
You think of a little like a, a loggerhead turtle. You know, a little loggerhead turtle, within seconds of coming out of the shell, can climb up through the sand, can crawl towards the water, and start swimming. Virtually independent, a little loggerhead turtle. It's a good thing because you got like a hundred other creatures trying to eat the thing. If you think of a, a newborn wildebeest, I call that the African hamburger. Because it feels like God created the wildebeest just so other things could eat it. And, and, and you got the wildebeest. Here he is, a newborn wildebeest, you know, within seconds can stand up on his spindly little legs. And within four to five minutes, a wildebeest can run with the herd and within a half hour or so can actually outrun a lion. Which is a good thing because there's like 18 lions waiting to eat him when he's born. So, but you think animals, they, they do lots of things for themselves when they're born. But you think of a, a child. You think of Jesus telling you to be like a child. A child, especially an infant, can do nothing for himself. Can do nothing for herself. Yeah, my little daughter Sophia, she thinks she can do just about everything for herself. <laughs> and man, she tries to do just about everything for herself. She's the most independent of all of our children at this age. That's what happens when you're the fifth in line, I think. You just know nobody's going to do anything for you, so you figure out how to do it yourself. She, she can't do everything herself, though. She, she just can't. We have to do a lot for her. Get her cereal in the morning, help her in the bathroom, brush her teeth, button her clothes. You know, even a three-year-old child would not survive for very long at all without some outside help. Children are some of the most helpless of all creatures. And you just think about it for a second. What, what, what does a helpless little child, a little infant, or a toddler naturally do what does a helpless little child naturally do <laughs> they cry for help <laughs> and they cry for help all the time some of you mamas know you're up all night long because your little infant won't stop crying for help that's what little infants do they they, they, they they're helpless and they don't know, they haven't figured it out in their head yet, but they just feel the helplessness and they have all these needs. And when they have a need, they know they're unable to meet that need themselves. So they just start crying. <laughs> Middle of the night, they're hungry, they're unable, helpless to feed themselves. So they just start crying or they're uncomfortable, they're, they're cold, they're hot, something like that. They're scared and they're, they're helpless. They're unable to help themselves and they cry for help. The children do. They're helpless, and that helplessness in them just naturally starts to overflow in cries for help. Even little toddlers do the same thing. My little daughter Sophia. My older kids, my older kids are still, I still hear their cries for help. Now, an older child's cry for help doesn't sound the same as a young child's cry for help. It doesn't sound, it sounds very different, but if you listen in your home with, with children, you will hear their cries for help. They sound like this, mommy, I'm scared. Can I sleep with you and daddy? Daddy, I, I, I just can't do this thing. Can you help me? Mommy, can you get me some cereal? Mommy, can you wipe me? It's a cry 
for help. The helplessness of a child, 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 the helplessness of a child. And what does it do? It produces cries for help. And listen, that right there, that is prayer in its most basic and simplest form. Prayer is simply the cry of a helpless person for help. It's the cry of a helpless child. You, you, you feel as a child of God that you are helpless in some way. You feel as a child of God that you just can't do something. You feel the helplessness inside of your heart. And that helplessness just naturally begins to come out of you and cries for help. Prayer to your heavenly Father. And most believers have experienced that at times. All of a sudden in your life, you think back over your life, all of a sudden you, you were facing some, some incredibly difficult situation in your life, some, some sort of dire circumstances. You, you knew in your heart that the situation was, was beyond you. It was beyond your, your, your ability to control it, beyond your, your strength to do it. It was beyond you, and yet it was incredibly important. Whatever that thing was, you felt your helplessness in that situation. Your helplessness began to flow out of you and cries for help, just praying. Father, help me. I can't help myself here. Father, help me. Help me to do this. Father, help, help my family member here dying. Father, help my children to be saved. I recognize all of a sudden I can't do it. Father, help me. Help me. That, that's prayer. That's prayer. That's prayer. Please listen to me. Prayer is not just a Christian discipline. Now, now, now prayer is a Christian discipline, Yes. The Holy Spirit just has to help you be more disciplined to pray on a daily basis. Some of you just need to embrace the discipline of the Holy Spirit. He's whispering to you, get up in the morning. Stop staying up so late at night. Cut the movie off halfway through. <laughs> get up in the morning and start praying. And some of us, yes, we need to embrace that because prayer, to some degree, it is a Christian discipline. But prayer is much more than a Christian discipline. Prayer is simply the cry of a helpless person looking for help. That's what it is. Prayer is, is helplessness. Prayer is poverty of spirit. Prayer is poverty of spirit. You see... You see that you don't have what it takes to get something done. And you pray. Help, Father. Do this, Jesus. Help us. Paul Miller in his book, A Praying Life, I recommended this book to you last week. I think it's a great book. Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life. He says this. He says a praying life isn't simply 
a morning prayer time. It is about slipping into prayer at odd hours of the day. Not because we are disciplined, but because we are in touch with our own poverty of spirit. Realizing that we can't even walk through a mall or our neighborhood without the help of the Spirit of Jesus. And he finishes with this. He says, we don't need self-discipline to pray continuously. We just need to be poor in spirit. Yes, prayer is a spiritual discipline, but it's more than that. Prayer is helplessness. It's poverty of spirit. You'll pray whenever you feel helpless, believer, you will pray not just because you're disciplined, but because you need help. And that's prayer. Another book on prayer that has helped me is a classic book by a Norwegian man named Ole Hallisby. Looks like Ole. Don't call him Ole. He's Norwegian. Ole Hallisby. We call the Norwegian Thomas Ridland. Ole Thomas Ridland. Ole Hallisby spent uh, several years in a Nazi concentration camp. And Hallisby says this in his book. He says, Prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only those who are helpless will truly pray. Only those who are helpless will truly pray. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that that many of us Christians don't get yet. As a believer... You are helpless every single day of your life. You are 100% completely helpless in every single thing you do. Everything. It's not just that you hit certain dire circumstances and you are then helpless. You are helpless in every single circumstance. You already are like a tiny little infant. Unable to do anything for yourself without outside help. The question is, do you recognize that you are an infant? Unable to do anything to help yourself. You're helpless. Every second of every day. That's what Jesus says. Here it is. John, John 15 verse 5. Jesus says to his disciples, Apart from me you can do nothing. Period. Now he's saying that in the context of bearing fruit. You can't bear fruit apart from me, Jesus is saying. But that's a blanket statement that's not just about fruit bearing. Apart from me, Jesus says, and just hear this disciple, let this land on you. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. 
You, 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 you cannot take a breath without Jesus. You cannot work your job without Jesus. You, 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 you cannot bear fruit. You, you, you cannot parent your children without Jesus. You can't keep your marriage together without Jesus. You, you, you can't save the lost apart from Jesus. You know, I'm so thankful we had so many people in our evangelism class. I would encourage the rest of you to come. We, we feel that's part of being a Christian is we need to be equipped to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please hear me. If you go to that entire evangelism class and you memorize everything that's taught in that class, you do every assignment, and I do hope you do the assignments. Uh, Thomas Ridland, he's giving some assignments, and those are to be done. Uh, and I hope you do those. But you know, if you do every last bit of that class, learn it all and say everything exactly right to all the unbelievers in the world, apart from Jesus Christ, not one single unbeliever would ever be saved. And if you go out to share the gospel to the lost, thinking that you will do it under your own power, you will not ever see any lost person saved. Because Jesus will step back and say, really, you're going to do that under your own power? I call that pride and I oppose the proud. Knock yourself out. Let me know how that goes. Apart from Jesus Christ, as, as, as believers, we, we can do nothing. And you, you know what that's called? That's called helplessness. That, that is utter and complete helplessness as, as a believer. And, and please, please listen. As you grow in your Christian life, as, as you mature in your Christian life, you, you, you should begin to see more and more of your helplessness. And, and guess what happens when, when you do begin to see more and more of your helplessness? Well, helpless people begin to cry out for help. You'll begin to pray more and more and more, not just in your direst circumstances, but in every single circumstance. Help me, help me, Father. I can't, I can't do this on my own. Please cause this sermon to be fruitful. I can put together a decent sermon Without Jesus? But it's not going to do anything in anybody's heart and life. No eternal good. Father, please, Lord Jesus, help this sermon to do something. Please keep me sane at my job, Lord Jesus. Please save my children. Parents, if you do everything right with your kids, everything, apart from Jesus, it will accomplish nothing. Nothing. You are helpless in your efforts as a parent. Helpless to fight against lust and greed as you walk through the mall. Help me, Jesus. Please watch over me when I sleep. Help me to love my spouse. Help me to share the gospel of the lost. Give me boldness and courage and save them, Lord, please. Father, help us as a church as we go to make disciples. We can't do that on our own. Help us. Man. When I, when I truly begin to see myself as a helpless little infant, I start to pray. I start to pray a lot more. I've started praying over the last three months a lot more than I ever did, not because of discipline, but honestly because I just got helpless. So dry in my soul, seeing that I couldn't do anything in this church apart from Jesus. It causes you 
to start praying in your life. You know, that's what Jesus did. Jesus prayed all the time on this earth. Hey, you read it in the Bible. I mean, it's everywhere. He prayed in the morning. He, he, he prayed in the evening. He prayed all night long sometimes. And do you know why Jesus prayed all the time? You know why? Not just because Jesus is disciplined. Man, I got to get up and have my morning devo. Do you know why Jesus prayed on this earth? Because there's a sense in which when Jesus was on this earth, He was a helpless little child. Dependent upon his father for everything. Needed his father to give him strength. Leaning upon his father hard in all that he did. And do you know Jesus, when he took on human flesh, he became like us. And when he became like us, that meant that on earth, as a man, he had to depend on God. He had to depend on the father. And there is a sense, yes, Jesus is God, so there's a sense in which he's never helpless, never was helpless. But there's also a sense when she, on this earth when he was, dependent upon the Father for everything. We won't look at the verses. I had some queued up to, to go. But how many times does Jesus say stuff like that? John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. John 5.19, truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord. John 8.28, I do nothing on my own authority. John 12.49, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me what to say and what to speak. Jesus was a dependent child. There is a sense in which Jesus was a helpless child. And he had to depend on the Father for everything. Therefore, what did Jesus do? He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. All the time. Paul Miller says Jesus was without question the most dependent human being who ever lived. And because Jesus knew that he couldn't do life on his own. Because Jesus knew that he couldn't do life on his own. He prayed. And he prayed. And he prayed. And he prayed. And man, when believers mature in this life, you should be seeing more and more of your helplessness. Becoming more like Jesus in that way. Learning to depend more and more on the Father. When you begin to see more of your helplessness, man, you'll begin to pray. Not because you're disciplined, but out of necessity. Here's the thing, and I want you to think about this with me for a second. A lot of believers around the world are right now very, very weak in prayer. Very weak in prayer. How many times have you heard somebody say that, maybe come up to you, I I just struggle with prayer, I, I, I just struggle with prayer, and I get that, I've struggled with prayer. But you hear that. There's a weakness when it comes to prayer. 
There's a weakness. I, I personally think our church up to this point has probably been pretty weak in prayer. Not all of us. I think some of you probably have a very vibrant prayer life. I, I, I just wonder, if we were being honest, before the sermon series started, I wonder how many here were even praying five minutes a day in concentrated prayer. Now that, 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 that's weak. That's, that, that's weak prayer. I just think there's a, there's a weakness when it comes to prayer. And listen, if you are weak in prayer right now, that right there is probably one of the primary reasons you do not yet see yourself as helpless. You don't see it. You don't see it. You can manage most of your own life. You can work your job on your own. You don't need Jesus. You can parent your kids on your own. You don't need Jesus. You can make disciples on your own. You don't, you don't need Jesus. You don't see yourself yet as helpless, as an infant. You know what you are in your spirit now? And I just say this because this is what I am to a large degree. If you're weak in prayer, I think this is probably one of the primary reasons. And you know what you are in your spirit right now? You're an adult. You're an adult. You have strength. You have smarts. You have savvy. You can manage on your own. Now when push comes to shove and you hit a dire circumstance, you feel your helplessness and you begin to pray. But you don't pray otherwise. And I know that from personal experience. And so here's the route to more prayer. It's not just that somebody stands up here and says, church, you gotta pray, you gotta pray, you gotta pray. Yes, that's part of it. <laughs> you go through the Bible, the Bible exhorts you all over the place to pray, yes. But you know the route to more prayer, here it is. You got to start seeing your helplessness. You gotta start seeing it. You have to start seeing it in your life groups. Life groups you've been trying now for a couple years to make disciples, how much have you prayed? And you've not prayed to make disciples because you think you can do it on your own strength. It's a sinful self-sufficiency at the very root. It's an adult-likeness. That needs to change. It's not enough for somebody to just stand up and say, hey, we all got to start praying. We have to start seeing our helplessness. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who can rip the blinders off your eyes and show you that you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes to get your kids in the kingdom of God. You don't have what it takes to keep your marriage together. You don't have what it takes to work your job. You don't have what it takes to bear any sort of spiritual fruit in your life. You don't have it. And the Holy Spirit's the only one who can, who can pull that away and reveal it to you. But look, what happens when, that, when, when that's pulled away from your eyes? You start to pray. You start to pray. You start to pray, you start to pray, you start to pray, not, not, not out of discipline, but out of necessity, because you need your Father to help you.
And my prayer for our church, and I'm just be honest with you, I've been praying this for several months, is that God would break those strong, rigid, internal bones inside of us. This self-sufficiency that says, I can do it. Tell me what to do, I'll do it. Make disciples, I'll do it. Raise my kids, I'll do it. Keep my marriage together, I'll do it. That needs to be broken. Because you cannot do it. You will not do it. And the more you try to do it under your own strength, you will fail. You will fail. All of us. And I believe the Lord is moving our entire church towards more prayer. But it's going to happen right there. God is going to have to move upon our entire church family by His Holy Spirit and remove those sinful, self-sufficient blinders off our eyes. And we have to hear Jesus' words pierced to the very bottom of our souls. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And when that explodes upon our hearts like a, like a bomb, we will begin to pray. And until it does, we'll just be trying to pray out of self-discipline. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and pray. We need God to remove that. Show us our helplessness. And listen, God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. And I believe He's going to do it. It's going to be hard in a group like this because I look out, I've said this before, I see very self-sufficient people. Very capable people in the flesh here in, in this room. We just are by nature. I look out again, engineers, there's pilots, there's mechanics, there's whatever, you name it. People who've gotten degrees, people who've, 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 who've had success in athletics, people who've been in the military and had success. Lots and lots and lots of very capable people in here, which is a great thing, but that can also cripple you spiritually because you try to live your life in your own self-sufficient strength and ability. So my prayer is that God will begin to do that for us. We're actually going to stop there. I'm going to pray for us as a church. God would do this. Father, I just humble myself. Just go right out. Humble myself here. I think in many ways, Father, I've probably been the most self-sufficient person in this room my entire life, trusting in my own strength, in my own abilities, my own capabilities. I haven't seen my own helplessness. And it's kept me from prayer. I thank you, Father, for bringing a, just a deeper brokenness in my own heart, showing me sin. Thank you, Father, for bringing new weakness into my heart. I wouldn't do that on my own. I don't like weakness. I don't like brokenness. I thank you for doing it. Lord, I thank you for a new helplessness in my heart. I want more of it. I want it for my church family. We all do, Lord. We look to you. I, I, I just am going to lead us here, Father, before you in just a corporate confession. Father, we, we haven't prayed 
to the degree that you've probably been asking us to pray in our Christian lives. Father, many of us, myself included, have been, have been weak in prayer. We've neglected, we've neglected one of the primary means of grace. We've neglected it. And Father, I think probably a, a root of that is that sinful self-sufficiency. We don't see we don't see our helplessness. We don't believe that we can truly do nothing apart from Jesus. And so we don't pray. And I just ask now for all of us, myself, my entire church, will you do a work in us, Lord God? Will you please strip away the self-sufficient blinders, that, that sin that's blinded us? Lord, will you strip away the adult likeness in our minds and our hearts and our spirits. Father, this thing that thinks we're capable of all kinds of stuff, I just ask that you break that in us. Break that adult likeness in us. Father, only your spirit can do it. I just pray you do it. You break those rigid, strong bones in us. You bring us low like a child. Lord, you please bring us lower and lower like a child. Just pray for more simplicity in our hearts and minds and lives. I pray, Father, for more, more honesty, being open about our sin before you and before others, just being who we are. Lord, I pray for more humility. We just be so quick to humble ourselves, confessing sin and asking other people for help, asking you for help. Lord God, I pray you cause us to become more trusting like a child. We begin to lean on you. Pray that you bring a new weakness like a child into our church family. Lord, we need weakness. We need it. We hate it, but we need it because it's when we're weak, it's when we're weak that we are strong because the strength of Jesus is made perfect in our weakness. So will you do this, I pray? Father, bring us low. Bring us low like children. Cause us to be like children. Show us our helplessness, God. And cause us just throughout the day, just spontaneously in the car or with our kids or with our spouse or in the mall or at work, just cause us spontaneously to look to you for help. Father, help me. Father, help this person here. Help my wife. Help my children. Help help my, my family. Help my friends. Help, Lord. Help, 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 Lord. Father, will you please create that in us? You can do it. I ask that you would. Lord, stir us up in this way to pray. Yes, Lord, may we learn the discipline of prayer. Yes, but Lord God, God, don't let us miss the heart of prayer. Just that heart of helplessness, Lord, that would fuel our prayers and draw us to pray, Lord God. Yes, let us be disciplined, but please give us the heart of prayer. Please give us the heart of a child, talk of a child, the honesty of a child, the helplessness of a child. And we'll pray, Father, when you do that. Thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.